Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 187. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, ladies. How are you guys doing? I know, Jen, you're just through the ringer <laughs> right now with like your papers due and all your finals and yeah. trying to graduate. She's usually the most boisterous and she's so quiet today. <laughs> I am. I'm tired. It's a, it's a stressful time. Like even if you got it in the bag, I think just the atmosphere of finals, like from your peers, from the teachers and just the school itself, it like seeps in. And so I'm just anxious and tired all the time and I can't sleep well even though I've done my stuff and I'm like graduating on the 26th for sure so it's I'm just I'm like excited elated it's been a good and but like not so good week because of all the stress but yeah yeah I'm just I think at the point that you're at right now when it when it was me and I was finishing my last classes and I was preparing for graduation, I think I was already checked out. I was like, whatever I need to do to just get the F out of here. Yep. <laughs> I don't care if it's a C, is it a D plus? That's my goal. Just let me finish. Yeah, it's not like not even a D like you need a, a D minus. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I'll, I'll tell a little secret to all of you listeners out there. Um, nobody asks what grades you got in college all they unless you're going on to be a doctor or a lawyer maybe they'll ask but other than that they'll just want to see do you have a diploma did you actually graduate okay you're good (laughs) (laughs) that's one to grow on (laughs) that's awesome but not so awesome (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome but that's awesome would it be fair to say it's a vibe am i am i using that correctly a vibe oh yeah what's a vibe the college final. I wouldn't say it's a vibe. It's it's more like a mood. A mood. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to learn this like hip hip uh, <laughs> um, vocabulary from the kid the kids. You know, I gotta try to stay uh, <laughs> stay relevant. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's time for chisme de la semana, and I got some chisme. I do. It turns out that Bloomhouse is releasing a movie called Five Nights at Freddy's. And I'm totally excited. It's based on a freaking video game. I mean, you know that video game movies don't always have like the best kind of history. But I just feel like Five Nights at Freddy's is going to kind of grab a whole new audience because it's obviously horror. And um, Bloomhouse, you know, Bloomhouse has come a long way. They used to be like B-movie horror flicks, but they've been really upping their game. And I think it maybe has to do a lot with like them being so successful with their horror movies and streaming and stuff that they've gotten a lot of buku bank. So they back their projects now with a lot of money and it looks good. So I'm really kind of excited about this. I've never played the video game, but my uh, nephew was like really into it. So I Turns out the game came out in 2014, so I'm kind of excited to see this happen. Um, it's also backed by Universal Pictures, so it's kind of cool. I, I'm very excited. For those of you that don't know what Five Nights at Freddy's is actually about, um, it is about um, a Chuck E. Cheese-like children's restaurant called Five 
Fazbear's Pizza, where the automatronic creatures come to life and go on a murderous rampage af- after dark. And they're trying to get Jim Henson's creature shop has been enlisted to create the sinister group of children mascots. So I saw the trailer. The trailer's out, guys. Check it out on YouTube. Um, and that's what's on my radar. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> that's my chisme. <laughs> that's my chisme. Yes, that that game that came out, I remember in 2014 is when we first bought the shop and everybody wanted something five night at five nights at freddy's and we had a couple of like little toys and things like that but it wasn't a comic so we didn't have a lot but my godson also was so into and so much so that i tried to download and start playing it the first time i played it i didn't know what to expect scared the crap out of me because the things jump out at you but i could never get a a a grasp on it but it just it interests me that it's been so long but i guess those players have now grown up and there might be some kind of nostalgia around it but it does sound kind of like far i i mean i guess it's because they're trying to capitalize on the um the success i guess it was successful the mario brothers uh movie uh mm-hmm. but i don't know i guess we'll wait and see were you a five nights at freddy player jen no, but I watched a lot of a lot of the like video game streamers who I followed played it. Some people became really famous off of it and now they're like whole like yeah, they got really famous from it and my little brother was into it, but none none of us played like that. So, it's just it's so funny that it, it's like 2014 is just it's so old video game wise <laughs> that I had completely I completely forgotten about it and that it had been picked up to be a movie and it's just it's a little bit nostalgic but also I'm like damn y'all took your sweet time <laughs> yeah you know that's true and it's coming out October 27th of this year so it's gonna be around for Halloween season I can't wait I oh maybe it'll like perk up like the whole Five Nights at Freddy's cosplay around the cons so that'll be cool. Oh, probably, yeah. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, you have an On My Radar. I do have an On My Radar. I have a book that came out this week called Good Deeds. And it is a book that it comes from the Dark Spaces imprint of IDW. And it is a Scott Snyder Presents Dark Spaces book. And it's called Good Deeds. And basically for IDW, the Dark Spaces line was built to shine a light on the industry's most exciting and talented new writers and artists. And uh, this particular book, Good Deeds, is a perfect example of the top tier work that grows out of that goal. Goal. Shay and Kelsey, that's Shay Grayson and Kelsey Ramsey, immediately flourished as a creative team. Uh, The stories they're telling together are rich and haunting. This particular story, Good Deeds, tells a haunting story of historical sins and supernatural legends out for revenge. When teenager Cheyenne Collins and her mother moved to St. Augustine, Florida, on the eve of the town's anniversary, the community begins to die off one by one, and a disgraced journalist steps in to seize the story and 
redeem her career. As the women are drawn together in this investigation, they uncover the town's violent obsession with its founding mythology and the fountain of youth, as well as their own roles in the reckoning to come. So I read this first issue. It was really good. Um, I think there's some interesting otherworldly, maybe like stuff going on with Cheyenne, the young girl. I think maybe she has some kind of entity or something inside of her, or she's like some sort of, she can transform into some sort of being. I'm not quite sure. The first issue doesn't show you, but there's a lot of world building. There are two different storylines that are happening consecutively and then um, merged together in the town of St. Augustine. And it was really beautifully drawn. uh, And it was enough of a horror storyline to get me involved and interested because you guys know that horror is my my favorite and so it number one was out this week and it is a limited series usually I think the other dark spaces was like five issues so I'm looking forward to number two and uh, if you're interested you can go to your local comic shop and it is available um, from IDW. It sounds really cool especially what you told me which we will not tell anyone because we want them to go pick up the book but it sounds really interesting and really cool. (laughs) I try not to give spoilers. (laughs) Well, I also have an On My Radar, and On My Radar today is Fanbase Press uh, was nominated for an Eisner Award for Ripple Effects. Yes. Oh, that's awesome! Yes, they were nominated for, again, Ripple Effects, uh, Best Digital Comic. And if you don't remember, we actually reviewed this comic, I think it was the first two issues, in episode 156. So if you want to check out and see what Fanbase Press was nominated for, Ripple Effects, you can check out our podcast. We reviewed, I believe, the first two issues. Uh, I thought but we yes. did the whole trade. No, I don't believe we did. I remember reading the whole trade. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I did later. Probably. Yeah. Also, remember, guys, you can... Actually, if you have a library card, you can go on Hoopla and read Ripple Effects. So you can definitely go check out that book on Hoopla. Yes, Hoopla is amazing. If you have Mm. a library card, Hoopla offers you um, so much access to comics and graphic novels. And um, people sometimes are like, but you're a retailer. Isn't that just like flying in the face of what you're about and making money? And to me, it's not just about that. Uh, For me, it's important for everybody to have access to comics and Hoopla allows that. So I wholeheartedly support people going and reading books on Hoopla. Mm-hmm. And also, people be broke. <laughs> people be broke. And uh, that's what I mean, the public public libraries and most public services are for. And if you can afford to like buy it and you want it, then 100% go support it. But in the meantime, check it out on Hoopla. That's on my radar. And it's pretty interesting and happy news. I know the, the team, they work so hard. And they have regular jobs and they have twins. So, I mean, I don't know how they do it. Yes, that's true. And a shout out to the the writer whose name I cannot remember right now. But I just have to 
to add to the story that they met, Fanbase and the writer met at Heidi Ho at the Quince event. And that's where the idea of this story actually came to fruition. And also um, Jordan Hart, that's right, is the writer. And also Jordan used to be a, what do you call it, a regular at Heidi Ho. So Heidi Ho is all up in this Eisner Award business. <laughs> and we will accept our check in the mail. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's that time again. La hora de la cervecita. What are we drinking today? So I went on Google. <laughs> I went on Google because obviously I cannot, I do not know how to read Polish, but it's, it's Lamja. Jasne Lamja by Regional Brewery Lamja Jasne. Um, it's by Regional Brewery or Brewing Company. Lamja Jasne is the most popular beer within our range. Within our range, it's a traditional Polish all malt lager. Already, I'm not liking this. <laughs> All malt lager, dude, produced by the historic brewery in Lamsna. Lamsna. Lamsja. Lamsja. Come on. <laughs> right? The recipe consists of nothing more than three carefully selected ingredients water, barley, malts, and hops. Lamsna Jasne is our pride and joy delivered to the world to enjoy by our many discerning customers. So I I got this one at Alpine Village. Oh, uh, because... I wonder where you got Polish beer from. <laughs> yeah. So I think that like if you, uh, I looked online and you can pretty much find it at like the bigger places like Bevmo and stuff mm. like that. Or you can look at your little shops, little Polish or German shops around town. Maybe they carry it as well. So I got this because they were closing Alpine Village in Torrance. And I thought we could use some different type of beer, not being like, you know, the regular. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I smelled it and I'm just like, oh, OK, so I don't think I'm going to drink this. Oh. When I was a kid and when I say kid, I mean like teenager. It was all the rage to drink malt liquor because malt liquor had a higher ABV than regular beer. What did I know about? And this was this was in the freaking 80s, so no one knew anything about craft beer back in the day. Um, you, like, my go-to beer as a teenage underage drinker, do as I say, don't do as I do, please. I do not condone underage <laughs> drinking. But when, but when I did that in a small little backwoods town of Central California, um, my go-to was Miller Genuine Draft. <laughs> Because I thought I was fancy. <laughs> but anyway. Pinky up. But this here, malt liquor, I remember being told, you got to drink the malt liquor if you want to get drunk faster. And and so I did. And I remember sitting in my room. I guess my parents were out of town. I don't know why I was by myself with malt liquor. But <laughs> I remember it had a pink elephant on it. Like the go-to is like Mickey's. And yeah. uh, what's the other one? The big can, the gold can with the 
with the um Colt? No. Is it Colt? But I think Colt is one. But anyhow, I was drinking it with a straw because also I was told you drink it with a straw, you get drunk faster. <laughs> now I'm sharing all these do not do the this as a child stories as a uh Precaution. importance of warning. <laughs> Do not do this. I do not recommend. But anyhow, that's all to say that as a young person, that was what I was told. I don't know if it's true. It might not be true. But in my mind, that's still the like the view I have of malt liquor. And I, I, I remember a certain taste. And you can taste the malt. When as soon as like I smelled it and then yes. I taste it uh, and it's the first thing that hits you in the face. Oh, it totally slaps you, silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were talking about like old English. Old English, the... yes, old E. That's what I was talking about. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I opened it and I just did not like the smell at all, and I just like felt mm. like I'm gonna regret this, and I just want to say <laughs> that I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry for choosing this. <laughs> I, really I can't am. see because I'm sitting in a dark room. But what is the ABV on it? I don't even want to know. I'm just. <laughs> it's it's five point seven. I checked. Oh yeah, there it is. Five point seven. When I smelled it, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, because like it's like malt liquor, malt liquor, Coronas, and uh, like Tecates. They all kind of have the same smell. Cheap liquor. And it made me a little bit nostalgic. I was just like, oh, (laughs) I remember parties and this smell being everywhere. (laughs) But it's basically, this is basically water. Yeah, but with like a strong kind of skunky taste. Yes, I was going to say, it tastes like dirty chonies. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It tastes like dirty chonies smell. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, yes. (laughs) You could smell it. You know, I was like... As soon as you said it, I could taste it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't. Like, it, without that, I was just like, hmm, there's a funny taste. But you know what? I can probably drink it because it's basically water. And now that you have put that in my brain, I can taste it and it is no longer okay. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe that's a great marketing uh, tool for... Uh, for some uh, groups, for some but um, for me, I am not here for it. Not for me oh, <laughs> no, it's so bad. It hurts. I have to, if I continue drinking it, I have to hold my breath so I don't smell it before I drink it. It's really that bad. Ugh, I broke my fast <laughs> for that. <laughs> Jeez, I, I am terribly sorry. Oh I am my terribly goodness. Sorry. Well, no. I mean, that's what this segment is all about, us trying new things. And I mean, I'm sure that there are listeners out there who love malt liquor. And honestly, I don't I don't remember liking or not liking because back then I just wanted to get a buzz, you know. But uh, I don't think I've ever really drank a lot of malt liquors in my in my many years of being able to actually drink beer or well this isn't a malt liquor it's a malt malt lager so uh i can't even say that i can compare this to anything because my memory does not serve me for that but uh yes i'm 
I think I'm not a fan. <laughs> I think we're ready to rate this. I just. Yes, I do too. So our rating scale is a five point scale with a one being very unsatisfied, a two being just normally unsatisfied, a three neutral, four is satisfied and five is very satisfied. And if it's a beer that is off the charts, that's a six out of five Super Saiyan. And if it's a beer that's off the charts on the other end, that is a zero out of five, completely flaccid. So uh, I'll go ahead and start. I'm not going to give it a flaccid. I'm going to give it just very unsatisfied. I am going to give it a one because I think that I probably could make it through this can. <laughs> um, I've had some that I would like be like, no, I'm not going to drink anymore. That's gross. Um, but I don't think that this is that. Even by the third drink, I was like, okay, it was coming around, but I don't like it. I wouldn't ever buy it again, but I'm going to give very one out of five very unsatisfied. How about you? Yeah, you know, for me, this is Sarah, and I totally agree with you. I can't give it a flaccid because on a scale of this or Corona, I'd rather drink this. Uh, but but if you tell me Corona, this or water, I'd rather drink water. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I am going to drink it. All I have to do is just not smell it before I take a sip. And you, <laughs> like you said, by like the third or fourth sip, you're kind of okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a, a number, a one, a very, a very unsatisfying. How are you, Jen? This is Jen. Um, I have been fine with it, as I had said before. <laughs> I was probably going to give it like a two, but now it's a one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm also with you guys. It's a one. I'm not going to give it a flaccid because I was like, I was okay with it up until that very vivid description <laughs> that Kristen gave us. So you get to one from me as well. And that has been this Hora de la Cervecita segment, a very, a very unsatisfied for all of us. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. And what are we reviewing today? Oof, let me get it. It's under my book. We are reviewing a book called Crema. And this is a book by Dark Horse. And it is um, a book that originally was published on Comixology. It is a Comixology original. And it is a book written by Johnny Christmas and drawn by Dante Luis. And the description on the back of the book says, Esme Abarista feels invisible, like a ghost. Also, when Esme drinks too much coffee, she actually sees ghosts. Yara, the elegant heir to a coffee plantation, is always seen, but only has eyes for Esme. Their world is turned upside down when the strange ghost of an old world nobleman begs Esme to take a letter from New York City to a haunted coffee farm in Brazil in order to reunite him with his lost love of of a century ago, bringing sinister tidings of unrequited love. So this is a story, a graphic novel. It's when I it became available to order. It sounded really interesting, and it really was for me cool that 
a majority of the story actually is set in Brazil. Um, I really thought that was cool. I know that when we read Day Tripper, that was something that we really enjoyed about the book and, and the country and all of the places that the characters visited in that book were just really so well done and so well um, just portrayed. And so that kind of got me to be interested because we had loved that book so much. So that's the main reason why I ordered this. And also it is a LGBTQ uh, story with Esme and Yara um, developing their relationship in the story. And um, so I was really excited to read it. And the cover, just the cover itself is beautiful. Like when I saw the cover, that really drew me in to order it and for us to want to read it. So that in and of itself was enough to for me to grow interest from it. And now that we've read it, I definitely um, really, really enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. The cover is magnificent. And then um, it's called Crema. And at first I thought it was cream. But then I'm like, no, it's crema. It's, yeah. you know, it's not it's not cream. And the story itself, the art is really quite amazing. I loved every bit of it. I know in the back of the book, it tells you kind of the reference they got from the architecture of pictures mm-hmm. from Brazil, mm-hmm. which I thought was really great because it really shows in the artwork. I, I, I really, really loved it. It was like, I love how all the characters were developed. And I liked how it kind of... <laughs> you know how like you have flashbacks they have flashbacks which i loved like the eighth grade the eighth grade incident or (laughs) you know it just and it's really cute because it tells you we're going to go back in time and we're going to have a flashback so i like the warning because sometimes a book can lose me if they go into a flashback and they don't warn me about it then i'm just like what just happened where are we what's going on you know but I like that part. I absolutely loved the scene where both Yara and Esme get together, like mm-hmm. together intimately. The paneling, the artwork, it just was so moving. Like the whole thing moved just quite beautifully. Um, and it was just really just just very lovely. I could say that this whole book is kind of like an ode to love. And so I feel like it represented like that on every level, like letter writing, the the first intimate encounter, the longing, even the ghosts themselves, I thought was really great. So I just I really, really just absolutely loved it. I, I fell in love with the art. It was just really great. Um, the writing style was great. I felt like it was moving at a wonderful pace. Um, I love the uh, the humor in it. I love the corniness in it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just love the heck out of it. There's a there's several things that I really love. Like when Esme is talking about coffee because she obviously drinks a lot of coffee because at first she drank a lot of coffee not to go to sleep because she was always afraid of the dark. But then she grew to love and have passion for coffee. And that's why she ended up as a barista, which is like her whole world. She says she's like the coffee shop is like my whole world. And she's just a a barista. She's not even like the owner or the co-owner or the manager. So I thought like her passion for coffee was amazing. So she describes as that the expression of everything that's gone into the cup of coffee, sun, wind, soil, rain, and love. And that just made me want to freaking go brew myself a cup of coffee, let me tell you. (laughs) I was just like, girl. And the way they describe these um, cherry 
cherry, what is it? Cherry coffee beans. Mm -hmm. That was really amazing. Like that made me want to go to freaking um, Brazil and go freaking drink the coffee there. Cause I feel like, like I, I'm not up on my coffee game here, but yeah, no, it's really just amazing. And then the interaction when she, she runs into the ghost at the basement of the coffee shop and the ghost tells her, but you know, desire, I could smell it. Uh, I could smell its first blooms in you. And I was like, good Lord, who talks like this? I love it. <laughs> Just, I was like, I want to talk like that. <laughs> but, and even the letter that she finds that she it's magically can read, even though it's an old Portuguese, um, was just so riveting. It was almost like a telenovela, kind of that kind of like kind of kind of too sappy, but just <laughs> perfect for this. Just perfect. I just loved it. Uh, it's it, it, one of the instances it goes for I live in the prison of remembrance streaming of your eyes your mouth your sweat and I was like I want somebody to love my sweat <laughs> <laughs> like I want that in my life I'm gonna go after this podcast I'm gonna go ask Frank do you love my sweat honey do you love it <laughs> oh my gosh I think it's important to uh, part of the story not only did she grow an affinity for coffee um, in the beginning because she just was trying to stay awake but also once she uh, realized she had this ability to see ghosts she actually developed a very close bond with one of the ghosts Jerry and so it's only when she's so caffeinated that she can see Jerry and Jerry and her are very close and in fact Jerry kind of like makes fun of her she's like you don't have real friends you just have ghost friends me uh and Jerry is kind of integral in the story because Jerry can also see other ghosts and so they go on a little bit of an investigation when they get to Brazil because this particular ghost that is that is speaking so fancifully like that Sarah loves actually is asking Esme to help him do something and we think it is actually out of love and out of you know all this longing but there's actually also some nefariousness attached to what he's doing so um it's an interesting little plot twist with his story um and then we have the love story between Esme and Yara then we have the whole uh story of espionage uh with the coffee farm and the coffee uh shop there's just so much stuff going on in this story and i really just enjoyed it it was super cute i love the art so much um and i found it very interesting that in the back matter they talked about the setting being in Brazil and that they specifically set the story, the, the Brazilian part of the story, in a small colonial town um, because they said that most English-speaking fiction, when they speak of Brazil, set the stories in either urban settings or beach settings. And so that they really wanted to capture the realness of Brazil. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting. And I really enjoyed the architecture and thought it was cool at the at the end where they showed, like Sarah said, actual pictures of buildings in Brazil of the, the like the Baroque style and how beautiful they are and um, how they tried to capture that in uh, in the art. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, 
it's kind of like a love, a, a kind of an homage to love, where we get the love of coffee, the intimate love blossoming, and then the unrequited love as well. Mm-hmm. And, and and it just it just in the love of the land and the love of your history and your ancestors too. So I thought that was just really beautifully done in this book. It felt just so amazing. Um, and that and I really. I really like the paneling where there wasn't any words or any dialogue because everything was spoken through the art. And I just really appreciated that. That was really quite beautifully done. But yeah, no, I totally, totally loved it. And it kind of made me happy because um, I'm taking a vacation to Nicaragua and we're going to go like outside the city and go into this small like cafetal where it's like a self-sustaining, like small little coffee orchard. And we are going to get to see the tour about how they make pick the coffee and how they dry it and how and and this is described in this book, what I'm going to go see, like how they dry it in the sun and then they pick up the bean, which is inside, which is what contains the kind of like the aroma and the 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 coffee itself, like the essence of the coffee. So I just thought that that was kind of like a really nice kind of foreshadowing for my life. <laughs> so I just think this book, <laughs> this book came at uh, just like a really great time, like making me be excited about going to Nicaragua, which as you guys know, I really don't like because of the right, mosquitoes. Right, the bugs. But I actually bug. went on a similar tour when I went to Kona, Hawaii, because Kona has a big coffee industry and we did a coffee plantation tour. And I have to tell you that until that tour, I had no idea that coffee beans came like that, that they were inside of this like little cherry like thing. I had no idea. I was just like, I thought you, I don't know what I thought, but (laughs) it opened my eyes and I was like already like 30 years old when I went on that tour. (laughs) So it, that reminded me a lot of that as well. And um, I'm not a big coffee drinker. In fact, I did have some today because I knew I had to, to, I had a long day, but for the most part, I only will drink coffee full of sugar and cream. And it's so it's not that like, I'm, I don't, I honestly don't, I definitely don't have an esme passion for coffee, but I can, I can enjoy a, a good coffee with a pan dulce every once in a while. <laughs> Damn, that sounds good right now. <laughs> I know. And you know, as soon as I said that, I thought of the Cafe de Oya from that place when we go mm. to, when we would go to the uh, Latino comics, Latino, com- was it East LA Comic Con? There you go. East LA Comic Con, mm. yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you miss it. So we, we are giving Jen a, uh, educational pass this week because she's so (laughs) immersed in her um in her finals and everything that she didn't have time to read the book but do you have anything that you want to add jen just based on what we said or what you've seen in the book yeah i mean one i'm always happy when lesbians are featured (laughs) and they're very very i wouldn't say gratuitous that's not the right word but they're very open with portraying the love scenes and I really was happy about that Mm -hmm. it was I really really liked the way they did it yeah I mean I was like flipping through it trying to get and see but I did like that each chapter also started with like how to like make coffee like grinding it Mm -hmm. like picking the beans and like brewing and stuff like that I thought that was a nice little touch and how they've uh integrated it was well with the name crema as well and just the, the this is a book that I would have read anyways if I had the time, because it's just the cover is so beautiful and so like riveting. And then you've got like you've got the um, uh, 
Esme and Yara. Mm-hmm. Was that her name? Yeah. Yeah. In the front, and they're very close and very, very intimate. And then you've got the weirdo all the way at the bottom, <laughs> the ghost. So it's it's just it's an aesthetically pleasing book and the artwork is really nice as well from what I had seen and everything that you guys have talked about it I'm just like I think I'm gonna take like the 20 minutes it's gonna take me to sit down and read it after after this because it it is something that I just like as I was doing my stuff I was just like oh I keep doing it I'll read it later I'll read it later I'll read it later but now I'm just gonna be like no I'm gonna I'm gonna read it too little too late but (laughs) you guys did do a good job of saying like what was about it then I'm um really piqued my interest. So, all right. <laughs> and it's going to go right on the LGBTQ display that I'm going to make for June because mm. I didn't realize uh, that it was such a, a great book for that. So now I'm I'm more than happy to offer it up on that display. And to our QCon table. QCon? Yes, QCon table that we're going to do in June. So excited for that. <laughs> so are we ready to rate it? Yes. Well, this is Sarah, and I just got to say, I completely fell in love with this book. It was just really just so amazing. I mean, from the cover art to the art inside to the pacing and the development of the characters, the homage to love, like the love letter to love, even the unrequited love and the just mad love. I love the whole, love the whole thing. (laughs) So I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it the whole panaderia with a cup of café de Brasil. Oh, yeah. Uh, So this is Kristen. I really enjoyed it a lot. I really enjoyed, uh, I've talked a lot about the art, but um, I'm also, I really loved the colors of the book. They're mostly like more like grays and browns and like that kind of thing, but it just goes. Even the flowers um, are not colorful, but they're beautiful. I don't know how they made that happen. (laughs) (laughs) And that was one of my favorite scenes actually, where Yara goes to the florist and says, uh, the florist asks her how many flowers and she says all of them. And when you turn the page, it's just her balcony full of flowers this is and there's actually numbers on here so this is page 50 full of all the flowers and her and esme kissing that was the most beautiful panel i've ever seen and that was just like so amazing so i give the book um Tres conchas and a cup of café de olla because now I'm thinking about that and it sounds really yummy, but I just really loved it and can't wait to recommend it to others. Absolutely. I totally loved it. And it looks like the the cartoonist was nominated uh, number one New York Times bestselling cartoonist Johnny Christmas and President Award nominee Dante Luis. So... That's so cool. They made a they made a wonderful book together. Yes. So that has been our book review. All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have Revista Tandem Comics Número Uno. Uh, Tiempo, Vida y Corazón. Antología de Nuevos Talentos Galardonados de México, de cómic mexicano. Ooh. So I don't... I guess Kickstarter has realized that I am looking at Uh, Spanish uh, stuff. So this is uh, on my like for you page. 
And basically, this is a comics anthology of up-and-coming Mexican comic artists. And it looks really, really, like, interesting. So what I have right here is that Tandem Comics is a community of authors and writers, basically the same thing, united for the passion in other histories or, like, otras historias. So experiences that resonate on a universal level, but also while being maintaining, I guess it says right here, y cuestionan a co o conversan con las narrativas internas que guían las decisiones que todos y todas tomamos en nuestras vidas. So they're looking for like more comics that I guess are more nuanced in and reflective in nature as well. And they have multiple, multiple people working on this. I think it's like 10. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So they have eleven artists that they have listed on right here. There might be more, I'm not entirely sure. They have a very, very long, like what this is about <laughs> page. So this is what I'm kind of summarizing. But they're all very kind of they there is a mix of styles uh and topics as well. Some of them seem to be very a little bit more on kind of like a bit of a fantasy side while others seem to be more on the like here and with a more realistic style so but it looks amazing so it's called tandem comics or no revista tandem comics number one and they have a goal of $3,201 and they're currently at $781 with 22 backers and 30 days to go you can always back without expecting a reward, but the base pledge starts at 100 pesos, which is about six U.S. dollars, and you get, I believe, the digital version of this. And then at nine dollars, you get—is this a different one? Digital Okay, no. all right. Sorry, my bad. The sixth one is basically just a thank you as well as like a digital postcard. The $9 one is you get the the digital copy of the comic. That sounds like an amazing deal for $9? Yeah. And then at $15, this is, says, Pensaramos en ti con amor en cada publicación que hagamos. Edición impresa de antología número uno. Revista impresa? What is that? I don't think I've ever oh, heard in, that. imprinted uh, revista is a magazine in, in, imprint so it's a actually printed, a printed magazine. magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then yeah. Then at fifteen dollars you get the print of it, and then at eighteen dollars you get the version that came before this number zero, as well as the number one. And I think these are both in digital. And it keeps going up from there because it seems like they've done other things as well. And they have like multiple buy options. And let's see. I'm trying to see. Their shipping is only in Mexico. I'm seeing right now. Uh, so probably the best one would be digital. getting the digital version. Yeah. Uh, or if there is an option for like getting it shipped to the US, it's probably an add-on. But right now, uh, still, you can get the digital copy for as little as nine bucks. Yeah. So it's um, uh, Revista Tandem Comics number one. And it's Revista is R-E-V-I-S-T-A. And then Tandem is 
T-A-N-D-E-M, and then comics, and numero uno, or number one. And it'll pop right up. Nice. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today for Juntos y Fuertes, I wanted to share with you something with regards to the fact that it is AAPI Heritage Month. So that is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And I wanted to just make sure that all you listening realize and are informed that DC is launching three new Asian-fronted titles this month. So coming out of DC's Lazarus Planet series of one-shots, the Dawn of DC initiative continues with the launch of three new limited series under the We Are Legends banner. Arriving AAPI Heritage Month this month. And so DC Comics has offered up these great books. We've already gotten, I think, Spirit World. And I read it and I really enjoyed it. It's written by Alyssa Wong. And it is, let's see. Oh, yes, we did get this because I remember that that Nguyen cover was super amazing. But let's see. So for uh, Spirit World, it Features Xanth. That's right. I did read this book. Um, uh, Xanth is a non-binary Chinese hero with the ability to travel in and out of the spirit world, the realm of the dead, and that of the living. Xanth possesses the ability to burn items folded from ceremonial joss paper and turn them into real objects that can be used in the physical world. Their superpower is based on the East Asian custom of burning joss paper at grave sites to send resources to ancestors in the spirit world. And in this debut issue written by Alyssa Wong and art by Hanin, Xanth forms a reluctant alliance with DC's bad boy of the mystic arts, John Constantine, Ooh. to rescue Batgirl Cassandra Kane from a horde of Zhengxi which are Chinese hopping vampires. I'm telling you, I read this book and I loved it. It was so good. I'm not that much of a Constantine fan. Not that I don't like him. I just haven't read much of him or with him. But this book was awesome. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, Alyssa Wong knocked it out of the park and the art is really good too. So that's the first book. The second one is called The Vigil and that was out on May 17th, which actually is today, the day that we're recording. Um, and this is a mysterious team of South Asian metahumans making their first appearance in Lazarus Planet is now going to be in this book. And it's going to, it is written by Ram V, who has taken off over the last couple of years uh, and has just really been super, super heralded with everything that he's written over the last couple of years. And the vigil is made up of Arclight, Saya, Dodge, and Castle. And they're a group of individuals given powers that they did not want, but they're determined to stop metahuman research and tech created by military applications at any cost. Along the way, they'll encounter superheroes that could be allies or enemies. Not a surprise for a group that exists to shut down state-sponsored superhumans and clean up the mess before any hero or villain arrives, as if both the crime and the vigil were never there. The artist is Sumit Kumar, and uh, that is coming... Oh, it came out today. And then uh, the last one, and I'm really excited to read this one. I don't know what it is about this one that just like interest me but it's called city boy and it's written by greg pack and it says that both dc and wildstorm fans have already been introduced to korean superhero cameron kim 
aka City Boy, in the Wildstorm 30th Anniversary Special and Lazarus Planet Legends Reborn. Cameron is just a kid trying to make a living using his superpowers of speaking to cities to find lost and hidden goods to pawn, just trying to get by. He's literally like talking to cities. Like, I don't know how they're going to portray this, but I'm so excited (laughs) to like read this and figure it out because it sounds super interesting. It kind of reminded me of what's the story where the guy can talk to machines. Is it, I I thought it was a Vaughn book. Uh, I can't remember. Eddie's going to come running out of familiar. He's going to come running out right now to tell me I can hear (laughs) ex machina. (laughs) Could you hear the pitter patter of his feet? Yes, I could. Um, having these powers also means for Cameron that he hears everything about these cities everywhere and all at once, including their histories and the truths behind them. So that also super interested me. Like you're going to hear like everything that has happened from the time that they were colonized to now. So in his two current appearances, he's already made friends, quote unquote, with Gotham City. And also, let's see, Gotham, including a rat avatar made from the city scraps and he is uh received openly by oh time will tell if he is going to be received as openly uh, by metropolis amnesty bay themisira or other cities in the dc universe so it's this is a six issue series written by greg pack and the artist is ming q Yung. and the debut issue is going to i'm not sure when this one is out but we haven't gotten it yet so i think it may actually be next week but i'm really excited about all these because vigil came out this week i haven't read it yet but um I cannot recommend Spirit World enough. So that is my Juntos y Fuertes for this month. Um, DC, you're getting all my love uh, for AAPI Heritage Month and the work that you're doing. Check that out. Kristen is a DC girl. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I don't know, man. Your, uh, your On My Radar has been a, a plethora of DC comics so <laughs> i don't know about that but i am a constantine fan so i'm looking forward to reading that i was a constantine fan in sandman but i became more so when i read the books of magic i still haven't actually uh, read hellblazer but eventually i'll get to that mm-hmm. but i like the character oh you should constantine is a mess and i love him for i love it <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh and i was like a big fan of the tv show i was really really uh, upset that they canceled it so oh i never saw it so good so so very good mm. and what about the movie wasn't keanu reeves constantine in a movie <sighs> why did you have to bring that up <laughs> look, look, look! I will defend that movie because if you if it had no relation to like Constantine, it's actually a no. Very it's a good, good movie. movie. It's, it's a, very, a good movie. It's a great yeah. movie. Just it's a different Constantine. Totally different. You don't know. Yeah. It's an alternate universe Constantine. <laughs> yeah. But it, I will defend the movie. I will defend the Constantine movie. Okay. Yeah. It, if you say it that way, I, I get it. I I will allow it. I will allow it. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to who, Kristen? So today I'm giving saludos to somebody I just met this weekend at ValorCon. And ValorCon was this very small, uh, like, 
if you're wondering how small was it, Kristen, it fit into a high school gym. So it was, it took place in Paris, California, which is about an hour and a half east of where I live um, in, I believe, Riverside County, I'm guessing. That's Mm -hmm. how far I went. (laughs) And there I met E.C. Dukes. And EC is a writer, and she's uh, married to Ronnie Dukes. um, And they are the creative force behind Dukes Comic. Dukes Comics, actually. And you can find out more information at dukescomics.com. But they specifically were there marketing their book called Daisy and the Dukes of Chuco, Chuco Juarez World Rally. And it is, let's see, I'm trying to find it. You can uh, click if you want to see things in English or, interestingly enough, German. So it is a book about um, about cars. So like kind of like Fast and the Furious, but the that says this tight knit family breaks all the rules to get their technology to the people of El Chuco on the backs of their high tech cars, including the infamous General Z. Get it? General Z, General Lee. Uh, <laughs> one final race is one final chance to live long enough to fulfill a promise and change the world forever. El Chuco style. So Daisy and her inventive cousins race to save the environment from pollutants and the corrupt power industries. Daisy and the Dukes of Chuco, Chuco Juarez World Rally is Dukes Comics' second graphic novel. In this illustrated story, Daisy and her inventive cousins race to save the environment from pollutants and the corrupt oil and gas industry. Our Latina engineer, Shiro, has developed a power-generating device using nuclear fusion that will cripple the oil and power industry. However... This tight-knit family breaks all the rules to get their technology to the people of Chuco on the backs of the high-tech cars, including the infamous General Z, named after Mexican Revolution General Emiliano Zapata. One final race is one final chance to live long enough to fulfill a promise and change the world forever. Chuco style. But local (laughs) law enforcement has deemed Daisy and the Duke's family outlaws. So, the art is amazing. This is the first time I'm looking at it. I actually have a copy of the book one in black and white and one in color i bought one because i just really thought that it was a cool uh story ec was amazing and i was like oh we could read this and review it but this is the first time i'm looking at some of the pictures and it's like so vibrant and cool and the one thing not the one thing but one of the things that was interesting to me is that this comic this graphic novel is available in english Japanese and Spanish and also German. They just had come back from a German Comic-Con where they sold out of this book. And um, this is uh, the first multilingual graphic novel opus by Duke's Comics. And they successfully debuted it at Tokyo Comic-Con and have been selling it like crazy in Japan. So it's really amazing to me that they're taking this comic worldwide, basically. And EC's last name is Dukes and her husband, that's her last name by marriage. And so for those of you who might be in the right age range, you understand, you get the reference Daisy and the Dukes. Daisy was the Dukes of Hazard's cousin. Uh, and she's the one, that's where the term Daisy Dukes comes from, her short shorts. But she says uh, that they are reclaiming their name. And so <laughs> that's where they came up with 
this with this name of this graphic novel. So check it out at dukescomics.com. That's D-U-K-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S. And um, saludos to EC and Ronnie. They have created an amazing book and I can't wait to read it. Absolutely agreed. I was like, when you said Dukes, Daisy and the Dukes of Chuco, I was like, that reminds me of that show I used to watch when I was a kid called The Dukes of Hazard. So yes. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about it, but I didn't want to be insulting. But now I realize that they kind of like, it's a kind of a play on words yes. as well. Uh, so uh-huh. that's super exciting. I can't wait to read it either. It sounds super cool. And the fact that they're taking this book globally is freaking inspiring and amazing. Yes, it's a Latina hero, a Latina scientist, protagonist of a book that is being heralded and enjoyed worldwide. I think that's just amazing. That is just jaw-dropping. I'm just like in awe. This is super cool. I can't wait to read it. All right, guys, it brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us? You can find us at comadrecomics.com where you can find links to all of our social media and uh, find us on the interwebs. You can email us at comadrecomics at gmail.com and don't forget to check out our YouTube channel where we have our Las Platicas up uh, which are is interviews uh, with amazing creators and all of their amazing books and you get to learn about um, just amazing stuff because I know we always do so check it out you go to YouTube and just search Commodity Comics excellent guys well we have been your hosts and this brings us to the end of our episode Um, and I want to thank everybody who's out there listening to us thank you so much for your support we wouldn't be here without you you can find us this weekend um, at the Achuchas in Pomona Uh, what is it the celebration of books yep celebration of words celebration of words in Pacoima Mm. (laughs) and you can also will find us in the future at QCon in West Hollywood yes I'm so excited about that i we have never been there so i'm really excited about that um so anyway thank you so much guys uh for listening we have been your hosts i'm sarah and Kristen, and i'm jen bye guys bye, bye. and that's on period network